This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite. Now, one of the crucial issues at the moment for the business supplies industry is what the workplace, and in particular the office, will look like post-COVID-19. While we don't know all the answers yet, one person who is well-placed to talk about this topic is Martin Everts, the Managing Director UK and Ireland for Contract Furniture Specialist Hayworth, a company he has worked for for almost 20 years. I recently caught up with Martin for his take on the impact of COVID-19 on the future of the workplace. Martin, perhaps you could just tell us quickly a little bit about yourself and Hayworth. Yeah, sure. Um, well, nice to see you. Um, so um, I've been, if I start with me, I've been working in uh, property and uh, commercial interior since 1987. Um, since 2001, when I joined Hayworth, um, who are a global office furniture manufacturer, we're actually privately owned, uh, founded in 1948 by G.W. Hayworth. And, you know, what what was unique about Hayworth? Well, uh, we're family owned, we are global, so we bring a lot of global expertise to what we do and, and we consider ourselves equally to be a very design-led company. Focus of our, our target market typically is commercial contract interiors, so major projects, uh, FTSE 500 companies, this type of thing. Um, and my role since 2015 has been Managing Director for UK and Ireland, so responsible for those two markets. Now, Big reason of doing this doing this conversation is to to look at the the impact that COVID has had on on the interiors and the, the workplace, uh, the office market. But perhaps before we do that, perhaps we could just step back and if you could tell us some of the trends that you've been seeing in the the workplace interiors market for the past I don't know ten or, or even twenty years or since you've been at Hayworth. Yeah, so that well that would be nineteen years. I mean, my my reflection on this when I first arrived, of course, is that back in those days everybody had a meter by two meter l-shaped desk with room for a crt screen in the middle um and my one of my first memories was everything was on wheels for some reason tables were on wheels cupboards were on wheels and i came actually from a, <clears throat> a slightly different um interiors um, perspective and I, I was i looked at it and thought everything's on wheels where's it going there's nowhere to move it to and it amused me a little because I spotted that there were you know, so many fads that were kind of rolling through um, what we were doing. But, you know, very quickly, the, the market for, for commercial office furniture evolved um, from L-shaped workstations to benching. So customers were looking at how do we get more people into less space? Um, and then the next stage of that was looking at, okay, fine, we're saving a lot of money, but what about the people? Do they enjoy being in this smaller space? Is it doing what they want? Where do they collaborate? How do they connect? And, and you know, for a lot of clients, I think people were treated perhaps a little bit too much like battery chickens. So um, in the last 10 years, uh, since really since the rise of WeWork and co-working spaces, we've seen and been involved in much more research and, and, and implementation around collaborative spaces. So how do people use technology to connect? Um, and collaboration, of course, is the big word. You know, it's all, all about collaboration. But in fact, people still need somewhere to focus. So the, the workstation hasn't gone away. 
Um, and we'll talk COVID shortly, I'm sure. But actually what COVID has allowed people to do is spend a lot more time in focused workspace because they've been at home on their own. The last two to three years running up to COVID, um, the biggest trend change for us has been the move towards height adjustable workstations. Uh, typically, they were price prohibitive, prohibitive up until that point. Um, so now what we've been seeing is, is a lot of um, physically agile workspaces that also allowed people to be very mobile. So moving from a height adjustable workstation, which gives you better ergonomic posture or works better as a touchdown because you can personalize it. And then came COVID earlier this year. What was the immediate fallout, I guess, looking at kind of the March, April time, both, both from your perspective as, a com- as Hayworth, as a company, and then from your customer's perspective? I think it was probably a very shared experience. Um, I mean, if I focus primarily on the office work side of it, because of course, with our factories, some of them stayed open and some of them had to shut whatever the government mandated in whatever part of the world they were. Um, But we all ran home, didn't we, at the beginning of March and started working from home. And, you know, for a lot of people, learning how to use Teams or Zoom uh, and collaborate that way. The challenges that came with that were were multiple, of course. And actually, um, you know, one of the things I noticed within our team which has a very diverse range of ages is some of the older people like me that had the privilege of maybe an office at home managed to adapt to it reasonably well we already had a decent task chair we were set up actually Hayworth as a company had been using teams for a long time anyway so that wasn't such a big drama but then some of the younger members of my team who relocated into London they're living in a shared flat or maybe some of the the families with younger children were really struggling managing all of, you know, Mm. sharing a kitchen with other people on Zoom calls or, you know, kids needing to be um, home tutored. So so this was probably the biggest challenge, I think, for all of us. And then from from your customers' perspective, what uh, were they talking to you about at that time? Yeah, so, I mean... A significant portion of projects were still able to be delivered, particularly in London, where some of the sites were open. But the reality is, it very the bulk of it ground to a halt. The issue actually wasn't having people working safely on site to install furniture, because these sites typically don't always have hundreds of people running around them. The challenge actually was, how do you get people safely there? So public transport, um, getting stuff through the lifts. You can't physically distance inside a lift, of course. Yeah. We had seen a lot of projects that were due to be ordered. April, May, of course, they got paused while CEOs and CFOs figured out what's going on. Will we be returning to workplace anytime soon? But I think for most clients, the initial expectation was that they would be returning quite quickly. Actually, this you know we we were looking at it as short, medium, and long term. The short term was everybody rushing from home. The medium term now seems to we we still are in the medium term, I think, which is that what does it look like for the future? Yeah, I, I guess this is perhaps a situation where you know, a company like Hayworth you can you know, lead by example, just the nature of the industry that that you're in. You know, how how have you managed the crisis and? the return to the office? So we, um, being a global company, we took a global perspective on this. Um, 
And <clears throat> we produced a set of return to work guidelines, which you can see on our website. And actually, where we, look, we, we have a perspective on what return to work will look like. So we focused on three things, um, employee well-being, you know, how do you get people safely into the space? When they're in the space, do they understand the protocols? How do they physically distance? Is, 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 a, is a foot plate configured to support that? And also things like wayfinding, making sure you've got the right signage so they can understand if it's a big office, they walk clockwise or anti-clockwise or whatever this may be. We're also um, uh, we're looking at organisational culture. So how do you ensure that the, the new workspace, the return to workspace, supports the culture of the team or the group that are working in that space? Um, and then transforming the workspace. Well, as I said, we're still kind of in this this medium term. You know, what, what we and a lot of people have done is either put red dots on workstations that you can't work at to allow for physical distancing of two meters, or in some cases, remove pieces of furniture so that, you know, the adjacency between, say, a sofa and a workstation is such that you people can use space without being too close to each other. When it comes to, to our guidelines, we took a global view on this. So we looked at what were the kind of toughest rules anywhere? You know, we don't want to break the law in any country. So we set our standards to work to those. And then we've mandated them internationally. Okay. And I think for us, that makes it simpler because everybody's working to the same rules. Yeah, sure. Now, also, we hear a lot about work from home and Hayworth, like uh, many of the, the companies that the OPI uh, writes for, they are used to delivering products into offices. So what you know, work from home, to what extent is that a threat and an opportunity for, for guys like you? Well, it was probably both. I mean, we, uh, we are a commercial office interiors company historically. We now have an online web portal and people can go on there and buy ergonomic task chairs and desks and accessories um, and have them delivered to their house within five days. So, you know, for us, you know, th this opportunity is something that we've taken advantage of. It's early days, but we see this becoming a much more significant part of our business looking into the future. And in fact, um, within the group of companies, we also have what we call Lifestyle Designs, which is the Patrona Frau group, and principally Casina and Patrona Frau, which are retail sellers in the main, have seen significant growth uh, in the last quarter. The challenge you know, with, with delivering to home, of course, is that typically we're set up to send a 40-foot truck of chairs to an office park somewhere. So our team had to work very quickly to get a cost-effective logistics platform together. But, you know, they've done a fantastic job in order to do that. And, and I think we're going to see that, that continue to grow. Yeah. And I guess, you know, like, like many others, you've had to adapt and come up with new solutions in a pretty short space of time. In, indeed. And, you know, the $6 million question is, will people go back to the workplace mm. in a normal way? I think it depends which country you're in, but I'd be very surprised for some time now if we don't see people working from home uh, for, for much more significant periods of time, particularly when they just need to be doing emails or focus or Zoom calls. Do you really need to commute halfway across London to do that? Yeah, sure. What are your 
customers saying now? I guess if we'd had this conversation two weeks ago, we were looking at the UK returning to the office, and then suddenly we've had some new new recommendations uh, put in yeah. place and asking people to to stay at home if they can or work from home. Is that, has that changed things between yourselves and your clients in any way? Not wildly in the last two weeks. My experience of going back into London and and we reopened our showroom although we only went in very rarely in the middle of June. Um, So London was like a ghost town for six or seven weeks. Immediately after the schools went back, it felt like there was a bit of a spike of people coming in, which has seemed to have plateaued a bit. Honestly, I'm not sure that the the change in the government guidelines has, has made such a difference because most of our clients have been saying to their people, we don't expect you to start working from the office until the beginning of January at the earliest. And I don't th- I think they were kind of planning as we were semi expecting mm. some kind of second wave anyway. Okay. Uh, but what we are hearing now is some clients even saying maybe it will be summer next year before they expect to be back to a, a more normal pattern of office working. Right. And when you say more normal, what, what will this new normal look like? We've, we hear about things, you know, hub and spoke models, the, you know, the hybrid, the hybrid way of working you know, from an office perspective. What, what are you what are you looking at? In the end, of course, it's going to depend on what the company does um, and it's going to be significantly impacted by their culture. What do I mean by that? Well, there are many companies, you know, famously who provide things like free lunch, free breakfast, free dinner cinema, etc. you know, their culture is to be a work from the office company. So their perspective on how it may be could be very different to one where actually it's fine for most people to be working remotely anyway. In simple terms, I think probably what we're expecting to see and what we're, we're having a lot of discussion with clients around right now is how re- reduction of footprint because they don't need so much space because their expectation is perhaps when people either can work from home or are doing focused tasks, they will. Therefore, they may be in the office two or three days a week. Therefore, of course, less space is needed. And then the question is, what will the purpose of that space be in the future? Um, And I think it's probably more likely to be a place to connect, a place to meet, a place to socialize. I still feel that for, for many companies, it's going to be important for their culture that their team can get together and be in that same physical space. We are, as human beings, gregarious by nature. And you know, most people need that energy somewhere in their business life to really feel part of their team. So, you know, we don't think the office space is going away, but it's clear that the shift between working from home properly, and what do I mean by that? You know, with a proper office, with a decent task chair, and going to the office to to to, to collaborate is probably going to distill itself slightly. It's interesting the, the comments about you know less space because obviously now with social distancing and health and hygiene and those those kind of things, there's fewer people that we can fit in that same space. So my initial reaction would be, well, they don't need to downsize because there'll be fewer people mm-hmm. there now anyway. Yep. And, and I think that again, that's a possibility for some businesses who may, particularly if they have a long lease depending on what their long-term view on this is. There are some, many, I'm sure, people who will feel, well, five years from now, it could be a completely different story. You, meant, you mentioned earlier that you know, some of the younger people perhaps don't have the luxury of having a, a, a nice space at home to, to work from. Where, where will these people work from if they're not full-time in the office? Or do you see them them as actually working full-time back in the office? 
I think that you will probably find that they're more likely to want to come into an office or a coffee shop or somewhere in order to do their work than sit all five people around a, a kitchen table purely because it's mm. uncomfortable. You know, having said that, of course, I suppose if you're sharing a flat with two or three people that have been forced forced to work from home through lockdown and now it eases, they may be in the space less and you can share that space in, in a different way. So I guess it's a slightly difficult one to answer, but pro- probably they're more likely to be in the office a little bit more. Perhaps co-working more, so a rise in uh, co-working spaces? Maybe. I mean, you, you mentioned the expression hub and spoke. Uh, I know some of the larger serviced office providers are focusing their energies on spaces outside of London. So those of us who live out in the suburbs maybe have somewhere to go. Whether that actually happens, I think, remains to be seen. Yeah. You mentioned the office as a collaborative space. So in terms of the furniture and the layout of the office, what are we looking at? Uh, a mixture of technology and physical products, which people can perhaps connect from their home and connect with their workers who are in the office via, via you know, video conferencing. So kind of interactive whiteboards and those other collaborative tools or that we see them uh, grow in popularity? I, I think so. I mean, a, a lot of collaborative spaces have been designed, whatever, you know, pods and booths for four, six, eight people to sit and work in together. Well, of course, from a, a health perspective, that's not possible right now. Um, but what we're seeing is clients looking at how could they integrate collaboration technology also into that space. So if the booth is there to house eight people right now, Maybe only three people can go in it, but with better technology, those people who are working from home can dial in. A lot of the projects we're working on, clients are still putting a significant number of workstations in. They're not moving away from that. Maybe it's too early for them to have really decided they're going to fully redefine their workspace. But what they are interested, of course, is is agile solutions, you know, things that can be changed and moved in order to adapt through time. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask you about. Some of these projects that were put on hold perhaps six months ago, are they thinking now, well, you know, that's no longer valid. We need we need a new solution for this this new post-COVID workplace. We, we've seen at this stage, certainly in the UK, very little evidence of that. Although I suspect that that might be because those some of those conversations haven't found their way out of the C-suite yet. And of course, the, the other thing that, that's going to impact this is where customers' lease breaks are. If you've just signed a 10-year lease, it's possibly different to if your lease is expiring in 18 months. Mm. So I think it's probably going to be a good 18 months, two years before we can really answer where this is going. Yeah. What's going to happen to busy city centre areas like like central London? And I know the area where you're based, Clerkenwell, very well because that's where OPI's office used to be. But that that area thrived on hundreds of thousands of office workers being there during during the week, Monday to Friday. How would you see that that area changing? It's already changed. It's a little sad at the moment. You know, there are a lot of uh, catering businesses that haven't reopened. I hope for their sake that they're able to but i mean my instinct is that some of some of that work will migrate to the suburbs there's going to be a lot less people working in clark and well i think for some time um and so i mean where i live west of london you know some of the, the villages close by 
the high streets are so much busier in the week at the moment with people going out and meeting for coffee. So, you know, it's, I think there's going to be a migration. Yeah. Whether it springs back, it probably will in the, the long, long run because it's London after all. Now, with work from home, we're hearing a lot about ergonomics in the home office and the health and well-being of employees who are working remotely. How do you see Hayworth's role in advising clients on these topics? We're certainly working closely with with our clients on health and well-being. I mean, our um, one of the being a global company, we have a team of people inside of us called the ideation team who are workplace strategists, and they have. Um, the ability to work with clients to to put data and measurement around many things like the dominant culture inside of their office, uh, employee satisfaction. We work with our customers to put metrics around where they are and help them envision where they can go and how that will positively impact their staff. And so I think if you look at you know the post-COVID world, there will be a lot of nervousness for many people about coming back into the office. So creating spaces that are legible, they come in, they know how it works, it's clearly communicated. The layout, the, the floor plate is designed to support the tasks that they do comfortably. Uh, the more successfully client we, we help clients do that, the better, of course, the outcome. And we were doing this before COVID, it won't change, but I think the, the output of some of this will change. Just to conclude, to what extent do you think this is a, a watershed moment if, for the workplace and workplace design? It's a, it's a watershed moment for many things. I think in, in many ways, it's a bit of an accelerator. And, and you could apply that discussion, you know, sadly for them to the high street, for example, you know, what's it done? It's kind of killed off something that was already in a bit of a decline. And perhaps there were a lot of clients out there who were still working in a, a somewhat more traditional way who thought that their workplace ought to become more collaborative and that it might be nice if people could work from home, but either management protocols or culture or whatever hadn't allowed that. There's going to be a lot of learning from this. A lot of, a lot of businesses are going to reflect on this and say, how successful was working from home? What can we learn from that? I mean, we've going back to the ideation discussion, we've created work from home questionnaires so they can understand anonymously from their staff was it successful or wasn't it? What can we learn? You know, to, to answer your question, I think we're going to see a lot of clients that do move to a more agile, collaborative way of working with probably less physical space, but ergonomic setups at home and and they were probably heading in that direction anyway, but but where we will be in 18 months is where they probably would have been, I don't know, let's say in 10 years had this not happened. Well, certainly a very interesting and still a very fluid situation in your market. So mm. thanks for joining me today, Martin. I appreciate your, your time. And hopefully, you never know, we might uh, bump into each other at a Clerkenwell Design Week if uh, if and when the next one runs. Yeah, I hope it's it's penciled in for next May. So let's keep our fingers crossed, even though we may have to be two metres apart. Yeah, okay. Hopefully, hopefully see you then. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to OPI Talk. Find us at opi.net for all the latest news and analysis from the business products world. You can download our app from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine.